Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at cannabis cash flow business models and opportunities. I'm joined on the show today by my friend Marco Santarelli. Marco is an investor, author, and founder of Norado Real Estate Investments, a nationwide provider of turnkey cash flow rental properties. And since 2004, they've helped thousands of real estate investors create wealth and cash flow through real estate. Marco is also the host of the Passive Real Estate Investing Podcast. And Marco is a co-founder of Global Globals Inc., a principal partner in a cannabis pod farm in Veneta, Oregon. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form and or email me at info at to start the discussion to see if you're a good fit for our group. If you're in the Philadelphia, Bucks County, and Southern New Jersey area, we are hosting a live investors meetup event every month in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For more information on the monthly event and information on how to join us at our next live event, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash events. MC Lobshire, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cashflow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cashflow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's your own banking system.com. Marco, welcome back to the show. MC, it's great to be back. Hope you've been well. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to this. Always enjoy our conversations and, and catching up. Marco, uh, if you don't mind, for new listeners, um, if you could just share a little bit about your background and your journey. Yeah, well, real brief. I, you know, I'm all about real estate and real estate investing. I, I certainly love teaching people how to invest successfully from any market, regardless of where they live. They can invest anywhere in the U.S., and that's something I've been doing personally for 15 plus years now, uh, and literally built a business around it. Um, you know, selling turnkey cash flowing rental properties, as you know. Uh, so every day we're talking to investors from all over and helping them create wealth and build passive income through investment real estate, residential real estate. Uh, I myself started when I was 18. That's when I bought my first property. And as they say, the writing was on the wall. I, I bought, fixed, managed, and held that property for a while. And essentially, it was textbook. And then I really ramped it up in 2003, 2004. And now, 15 years later, you know we have one of the largest nationwide companies in terms of turnkey rental properties. And, you know, we love working with guys like you because, you know, when you take that infinite banking concept and, 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 and marry it or merge it with real estate investing, you kind of put your real estate investing on steroids in a way because it allows you to not only save for your down payments, but also borrow against that money, not even touching it, still earning interest on it, and then being able to deploy the, the money you borrow from your policy 
to acquire more rental property. So, you know, you've got a good product that marries well with investment real estate. Absolutely. And uh, have appreciate sharing that, that and, and, and discussing that more with you. Marco, uh, you just recently went on a cruise, one that I'm very envious of, uh, with the real estate guys. Uh, what were some of your big, biggest takeaway with all the characters on there, the, the Kiyosakis, the Schiffs, uh, the G. Edward Griffins, and so forth? What were some of the biggest things that, that, you, uh, that you took away from, uh, from the cruise? Wow, that would literally take hours to uh, to cover. There were tons of takeaways, but I had some great conversations with Kiyosaki and Peter Schiff and G. Edward Griffin and just a whole bunch of guys. Um, you know, I think the first thing that just comes to mind is is the number one reason why a lot of people aren't rich is because they're afraid of making mistakes. And you shouldn't be afraid to make mistakes because that's not that's that's essentially how you learn. But it also means that you've taken a step forward. You've taken action to try to do something and achieve your goal, build a business, invest in real estate, whatever it may be. So the reason people fail is because they actually don't take, call it a risk. I say risk in quotes, but they don't, they don't take action. Uh, you can't be afraid of making mistakes. And, you know, the person that actually makes the most mistakes and learns from those mistakes are the people who win and win big. I mean, if you look at a lot of the rich people, wealthy people, they've they've taken some bold leaps, but they've also made a lot of a lot of mistakes along the way, and that's how you learn. So that was one of the big takeaways. Another big takeaway, which I, I already knew, but it was just kind of emphasized again, and and that that is this: that a lot of the people who are wealthy or rich in the world actually own businesses, whether large or small, part time, full time. But what they do is they kind of follow the McDonald's model. They take that business, they take the profits from that business, and they use that to buy real estate. So essentially, the business is buying the real estate directly or indirectly. And as of today, and this is an interesting fact there, uh, MC, uh, oil and gas used to be the uh, used to carry the biggest tax incentive, it, probably in the world, but certainly in the U.S. But as of now, with these new tax laws, real estate actually carries the biggest tax incentives. So if you are looking for tax deductions and tax benefits, it's now real estate, not, not oil and gas. Yeah, it's, it's certainly uh, a lot of changes uh, that's very favorable for real estate in the, in the tax act that was passed. Um, so that's really, really exciting stuff for the industry. Lots of opportunities there. And uh, you make a, a great, great point. I mean, I see it in, you know, just in family offices too. If you look at it, there's a business that drives and generates cash flow. And then the, the, the wealth is warehoused in real estate. And of course, there's insurance products for cash flow management of the family. So to your point, it's, it's, a, it's a pattern that, that I've seen as well um, and certainly has stood the test of time. We're going to ju- uh, uh, jump into our discussion of something really interesting um, as a real estate investor and also as a business owner and an investor in other industries, uh, the cannabis, Mitch, is something that you've looked at and explored some opportunities and uh, you're very active and you were on the show before sharing a little bit about the industry and what's going on there. If listeners have not le- uh, checked out that episode, just go to cashflowninja.com and put in Marco Santarelli. Marco's episodes will jump 
uh, up. Um, listen to that one. Um, there's been certain things happen. I've got a couple of notes here. Just um, as of February 2019, 10 states have legalized the use of recreational marijuana. A little bit different from medicinal, but that's already, um, there's a lot of momentum there. Uh, 13% of Americans identify as current users. That's probably folks that thought that, uh, you know, that, that, that the questionnaire was private, right? <laughs> Not the other folks that thought it, that was suspicious of it. There's probably more, but um, there's a lot of momentum on it. What are some of the other things that you're seeing just from a very big macro uh, level of the space um, and any comments with regards to momentum that it's picking up? Yeah, so you're, you're correct. Ten, ten states, as of as of right now, have legalized recreational marijuana, and that that's not including Washington D.C. So D.C. is also, uh, you know, uh, added to that list. Uh, at the same time, 33 states have legalized medicinal marijuana uh, plus D.C. So really, 34 locations, and that's just a trend. You know, it's some people are saying, "Well, it won't happen," but you know what? The majority of the population now has just come to the realization that this is quickly or slowly sweeping across the country. Eventually every state will have legalized it at, at, for sure on the medicinal side. Um, the, the recreational side might drag out, but you know, we're talking an industry here that is in the tens of billions of dollars in economic impact. Um, in fact, latest, the, the last time we spoke, um, the you know the articles and the studies that were coming out were saying that that legalized marijuana accounts for about a fifty billion dollar industry, and as of now they're saying that by twenty twenty one, the marijuana industry could have a seventy billion dollar economic impact. It's huge. I mean, if you look at the size of different industries, this is the fastest growing industry not only in the country but I've heard also in the world. And it's somewhere right now in the seven to eight billion dollar uh, per year um, category. Uh, what's larger than cannabis? Beer is probably one of the largest industries, if you know, it, on a scale that you know that I'm looking at here. It's 111 billion. Cigarettes are an 80 billion dollar market. Um, the uh, video game industry, which we both know is huge, is 36 billion. Donuts is almost twenty billion, uh, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> McDonald's is a billion dollar market, and Netflix, you know, something we're all familiar with, is six point six billion. But if you look at the combined estimated combined demand for recreational cannabis in the U.S., if you if you stack it all together, it's it's a fifty to fifty five billion dollar market growing to seventy billion. So. You know, when you say the the marijuana floodgates are bursting wide open, they are because this is this is not just a fad or a trend. It's actually something that is becoming a major industry in the U.S. And what's really really exciting about it is not so much the size of the industry, but the the compounds that come out of legalized hemp and marijuana, which are the CBD. Uh, uh, the CBD products like the oils and edibles that have tremendous and amazing health benefits, medicinal benefits. That to me is exciting because it can help millions of people from glaucoma to dealing with, you know, uh, cancer treatment to dealing with epilepsy to dealing with inflammation. And the list goes on and on and on. 
tons of opportunity and many different uses there and a lot of industries opening up around it, supporting industries and so forth. Um, you were uh, on the show sharing a little bit more about a project. Maybe if you want to give us an update and uh, the start of that project and how things have been going uh, and uh, then touch on this new exciting project uh, that uh, you're looking to um, yeah, that, that you're looking to share more information about with Global Globals. Yeah. So when we last spoke, we were in the process of raising capital and building essentially what we would call a pod farm, P-O-D. Uh, they are pods. We just call them pods for short. They're essentially 40-foot containers that have built that have been built to be completely mobile, turnkey, uh, growing, hydroponic growing containers. Now, they're not on wheels. You're not supposed to, you know, transport them around. You can just ship them by truck and rail, and then you, you install them at, at your final destination. But ultimately, what we finished building and we have completely done and up and running is a 36-pod pod farm up in Oregon, Oregon State, uh, that um, is uh, just an exciting project that has created a model a duplicatable model that we can replicate in other locations, provided we have the, the location, meaning the land, and the license, the, the, the state permit that gives you the legal um, ability to grow and or manufacture and or distribute that, that cannabis, the harvest that comes from that grow facility. So that was the first project. It was, it was exciting. It you know, it took a little longer than we anticipated, but I think almost all construction projects end up taking longer. So now we have shifted our focus to another um, another project in the heart of Palm Springs. It We are approved for uh, over 104,000 square feet of grow space, in other words, cultivation. Um, that will be housed in four different buildings, which is something we are going to start building here shortly. So we have the land, we have the licenses or permits. In fact, we actually have four permits there. We have cultivation, manufacturing, distribution, as well as dispensary or what you might call retail. Um, that's, that's, high, that's not common to actually have four permits or licenses at the same time, but we started early and got grandfathered in. So uh, that's really your ticket to, uh, you know, to, uh, to make this happen. And so where we are today with that project is we essentially have the engineering, the horizontal development done, the architectural work done, the approvals from the city, uh, the, uh, the permits to uh, start shoveling dirt and building. Uh, in other words, everything is on the table and in place. We are literally ready to start building and growing. In fact, we could pitch a tent and start growing today if we wanted to. Uh, obviously, we we wouldn't want to do that. But uh, so what we've base, basically opened up is an opportunity for some investors, uh, accredited investors, to participate on the real estate side. So this is truly an equity-based investment. It is um, on based on the real estate, not the operations. And um, it's a total of a $6 million raise. Uh, what's exciting about this, if if I can just kind of expand on it, um, we're anticipating a five-year hold on this investment. It could be as short as two to three years, but we're projecting a five-year hold. It has over a 12% cash-on-cash return. That's the average annual rate of return. The total return over the five-year hold period is 223%. 
And what a lot of sophisticated investors look at is what is referred to as the IRR or the internal rate of return. And that's kind of that magic number that you look at that gives you the true picture of what is going on. And over a five-year hold, the projected IRR is 20.4%. And I will say that that could be and probably will be higher, but we wanted to take a conservative approach to, um, to these projections. And, and really, that's based on just phase one. I mean, we, if we're building it out with four different phases, our, our revenues are much higher. But this particular investment is just based on a 20.4% uh, internal rate of return. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. My friend Dave Zook says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. Dave and his team at The Real Asset Investor have syndicated many successful real estate and ATM projects over the last decade. Now his team has an exclusive opportunity for investors in the coal space. Do you want to be part of an energy project that takes conventional coal and cleans it up by extracting liquids while releasing almost zero emissions? The sale of these liquids can produce strong double-digit cash flow and aggressive tax benefits against ordinary income, all while using America's number one most plentiful resource in a responsible, efficient manner. Now that's non-conventional. For more information on this exclusive opportunity, you can visit therealassetinvestor.com or contact the Real Asset Investor team at info at therealassetinvestor.com. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. So as you mentioned earlier, one of the things that you've seen with uh, business owners and learned on, on the cruise as well is that McDonald's model, right? The business on top of the real estate, which is essentially what you have with this opportunity as well um, with the real estate play and then the business of, uh, on top of it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like I said before, we're, we're going to build the real estate out in four separate phases. It's all on the same uh, property, same location. We're sitting right adjacent to 150,000 square foot FedEx uh, distribution center that was just recently built. So we're at a great location strategically in terms of, um, you know, access to all the markets surrounding us. In fact, we're, we're right near where Coachella is, where they do all those big major concerts every year outdoors. So we're right on the I-10 freeway, 110,000 cars drive by our location every single day. That gives us a lot of opportunity to put up signage. Uh, not that with 104,000 square feet of grow that you're going to sell it all through a retail dispensary. 
we just have the ability because of our strategic location to, to be able to transport um, and distribute to uh, wholesalers and other distributors and retailers throughout the state of California from that one location. So it's, it's an ideal location. Um, but you're right. This first phase, the only reason we're raising capital for phase one is because phase one is the McDonald's approach. The revenues, which you know, have, are going to be high, the, the margins are, are huge. But that phase one will fund phase two and phase three and phase four. So basically, it becomes a self-funding project. All we just need to do is just get phase one uh, up and running. And you know, we have talked to hard money lenders and other lenders uh, that are, are interested in the project. It's just that we can either raise the capital via debt uh, or we can raise it through equity and bring partners in who um, pr- participate in the growth of the project and the revenue coming in from, from the tenant, which is us. So uh, we, we're choosing to go the equity route instead of the debt route. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my questions was going to be, how did you determine the location uh, for this project? And you had uh, answered that question. That's very interesting. What was the experience like of getting the licenses and approval? Because it's there's four pieces of this, retail dispensary, cultivation, manufacturing, and transportation. Well, to your first question about the location, my, my business partner actually bought three parcels of land in Palm Springs many years ago. So he probably didn't know or even think about cannabis at the time. It just so happened that cannabis was growing rapidly in this country in terms of interest and, and the size of the industry. And I say growing with no pun intended. Um, but it just so happened that, you know, uh, his relationship with the people in the city of Palm Springs and this opportunity um, came up because they were issuing three licenses. We're one of of those three licenses. They're going to keep one close to the chest. And then the, the second one is actually uh, has been given to a lady who is not doing anything with it right now. So really, really we're the only active license holder in, in the uh, city of Palm Springs. But Call it call it luck or or call it just you know just foresight. He already owned these parcels of land along the I-10 freeway in the city of Palm Springs, and so when cannabis came onto the radar, uh, it just made sense to uh, you know build this this uh, this facility and and design it, and that's exactly what we did. But the process to get the permits, the licensing, it, it is somewhat complicated and it's difficult because it's a highly competitive space. Everybody wants to figure out how to get into the cannabis space. How do, how do I get into the cannabis world or the business? Because it is exciting. It is lucrative. And it's, it's the Wild West right now. It's early in the growth phase. I mean, we're still seeing a lot of growth. Uh, we haven't even reached a point in in this industry where we're going to start to see mergers and acquisitions and consolidation. That is coming uh, in in the in the years to come. But to get to get a permit, it involves uh, an application, an application fee. Um, sometimes there's so many applications that it just goes through triage, where they screen people to see what your um, what your, your, your background is, your history. Do you have a location? How much capital do you have? Um, obviously they're going to check to see if you have a criminal record. Um, 
so there, there, I don't know what the entire list of criteria is, but there's a lot of things that go into it. And then ultimately, if there's still a lot of people who have applied and that meet the minimum qualifications, it sometimes goes into a lottery system where they just randomly pick from equally qualified people. So, um, so I don't know what Michael went through, my partner, to go through all this, but, um, but we ultimately got grandfathered in um, in December of 2017. Uh, which was a critical date because January 1st, they kind of changed some of the laws and regulations that go into it. But we're essentially grandfathered in with those four permits. Well, that uh, definitely uh, worked out really well. What are some of the the risks? If somebody's trying to do their due diligence on something like this, what are some of the things that you're looking at or you you guys have looked at that you need to manage as far as from a risk management standpoint and what some of the due diligence folks can do? Well, obviously, educate yourself. I mean, if you're looking at this and you don't know much about it, there's there's a ton of information online uh, as far as you know the, the the state of the industry, the direction it's going, what states have legalized medicinal, recreational, or none at all. Um, you know, fortunately for us in the state of California, it it, it everything has passed unanimously in terms of medicinal and recreational, and so it's it's a huge market here. Um, there are fewer headwinds today than there were a year ago and certainly two years ago in terms of, of the true legality of being able to grow, manufacture, distribute, and sell cannabis or any cannabis-related product. Um, but that, that headwind is slowly disappearing. Uh, more states are adopting medicinal and recreational uh, the federal government, and in, in particularly even Trump, has flat out come out and said publicly that you know this, the federal government needs to just create a framework and step aside and let the states manage and regulate this, everything from uh, laws, regulations, and taxes. And so, um, so they get it. They're 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 going to move to the side. I call this prohibition 2.0. It's kind of like what alcohol went through long ago when it was illegal nationwide to have or even or even distill alcohol but ultimately it was legalized the laws were put in place the taxation was put in place the federal government stepped aside and it's all being controlled and managed at and taxed at the state level this is what we see happening here with cannabis um, more recently we saw I think it was in January, but uh, the federal government signed into law uh, another bill. I, I'm just calling it the hemp bill. That's not technically what it's called. But they basically legalized uh, farmers uh, the ability to grow hemp, which is an amazing material. It's very strong. There's a lot of industrial and utility uses for hemp. Uh, you really can't use it as as a medicinal or recreational type of product, although you can get CBD oil out of hemp product. Um, I, it's my understanding that the cannabis plant is far better. It's much better suited to extract CBD oils from. That's the health benefit uh, portion of the plant. It, it, just so listeners know, THC is the compound in cannabis that gets you high. So if there's no THC, it, you, you're not going to have any... Any 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 buzz or, or high from it? Uh, it's the it's the CBD oil that is is the compound that has all the medicinal properties. But but people are recognizing that all over. Um, 
you know, Canada's legalized it nationwide. You know, every province and the entire uh, country has legalized um, cannabis. There are many other countries that have uh, followed suit or on, and are on board. Uh, this is just a very, very strong trend. Uh, but to, to go back to your question, MC, it, you know, the headwinds have subsided tremendously. This, this is being recognized as now a movement, not a trend or, or a fad. Uh, it's huge. It's big business. There are, there are very few mom and pops in this industry anymore. These are big players. These are companies that are in the tens and hundreds of millions of dollars in, in revenue and in size. And this is why I see a massive consolidation coming in the next five plus years where the big boys on Wall Street will come in with their big checkbooks once the federal government has officially legalized it, meaning that all they're doing is just taking cannabis off of the Schedule One list of drugs, which in most people's opinions should never have been there in the first place. So... Um, so you could say that the federal government, you know, the fact that it's still considered illegal at the federal level is a potential risk. But if you talk to attorneys in this space that specialize in cannabis and people in the industry, and if you go to any of the major cannabis shows around the country and talk to them about this, they will all agree that this is just a process and it's unfolding. And it's just a matter of creating that, that framework and, and foundation to build on. So I don't really see a lot of, of risks. I'm not going to say there's none, but I'm, I'm not, I don't see a lot of risk at, at, at a high level, at the federal level. At a low level, um, we've, I think we've eliminated most, if all, the risks um, on our project um, because we've already got the entitlements, the approvals, the, the, the architecture, the engineering, the entitlements. I mean, that's all done. It's, it's essentially turnkey. The, the only other risk that I could see is that there's a strong demand for contractors uh, in the state of California and probably nationwide. So it's just having enough uh, in terms of construction help, the companies and the contractors that are doing the work to just get it done in a timely manner. And, and that project may drag out a little bit just because um, the workforce is pretty tight. But I don't see that as being a risk as much as just a, con um, a condition of the marketplace. Marco, if listeners are interested to uh, get in touch about this uh, opportunity and take advantage and position themselves for this wave that's coming in this space, uh, where can they learn more? How can they uh, reach out to you? Um, and how can they follow you? Yeah, so I'll just give you my email address here. Uh, of course, if, if they have an issue or problem with that, they could always reach out to you and you could forward um, their, their, their email or contact info to me. But if you want to reach me directly, it's just Marco, my first name, M-A-R-C-O, at globalgrowables.com. And I know that's a mouthful. So if I was to spell it, it's just global, uh, G-L-O-B-A-L, global. And Growables is always the, the tricky one. Uh, uh, Growables is just Growables, G-R-O-W-A-B-L-E-S, globalgrowables.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, as always, had a pleasure speaking with you and providing so much value for my listeners. Anytime, MC. It's always a pleasure speaking with you too. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic 
market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.